0: Lord God, we are so thankful and blessed to be in your house this morning. Um, But God, I also just want to quickly recognize the fact that this building is not the church, but rather we as the body of Christ, we are your church. And Lord, I thank you for the fact that we do have a place where we get to meet and worship together. But Lord, I just pray that you continue to unify us as a body. Uh, But Lord, as we continue this service, so I do pray that you will just truly Uh, allow your Holy Spirit to fall in this place, and Lord, I pray that you'll fill uh, Evan and uh, all the graduating seniors up this week um, as they are preparing for the final weeks of high school, Um, Lord, and that this message will encourage them and that ultimately it will um, uh, drive them forward as they pursue what's next in their life, but Lord, I just pray that you will just truly speak through your word this morning. Uh, we love you we praise you and we thank you for who you are in our lives in christ's name amen okay so as i said when i was thinking about this message this week there's a and and the idea of discovering your story right this next season of life i couldn't help but think of one man in particular And it was a man we looked at a few weeks ago. Pastor Victor gave the Mother's Day message on this man, and it was Moses. But he looked at it from a different perspective. He looked at it from the the mother's perspective. But today, though, I do want us to look at the life of Moses and his calling. So that's where we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. So will you guys read this passage with me? Picking up in verse one, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn, inside, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt? Then the Lord said, I surely have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. That's a lot of ites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring people, uh, bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt?" And He said, "But I will be with you, and you shall be the sign. This shall uh, sorry, and this shall be the sign for you." That I have sent you when you have brought the people of Egypt or people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Again, as I was thinking about, you know, discovering your story and, and this next season in which this graduating class of 2021 is fixing to experience, and ultimately what we all experience, because let me tell you something, we all have a story we're all experienced and we're all still discovering what God has for us. And I hope and pray that as we look at these verses this morning, that you'll see what God has in store, not only for Moses and his life, but also for all of us, especially our graduating class of 2021. But the first thing I want us to see here, there's actually three things I want to point out in this passage. And I know some of you are like, wow, Josh, that's only three points. Don't get your hopes up. You may still go a little long. I'm just kidding. But... So the first thing I do want us to see here, though, is that God has a purpose in our story. God has a purpose in our story. And I, wanna, and, and I want us to look at verses 7 through 9 here for just a minute, because I feel like that's where we see this. And, but first, I want to describe to you, what is purpose? What is purpose, and what does it mean to have purpose in something? Uh, One definition I read says that purpose is the reason for which something is done, created, or for which something exists. I feel like that's a pretty good definition. But my next question is, is, with that definition in mind, is what is the purpose of man? So for us as men, what is the reason for which we are created, for which why we exist? Well, I uh, came across this definition by a very smart man named A.W. Tozer. If you guys have not read anything by A.W. Tozer, I highly recommend it. Uh, It says this. The biblically defined purpose of a man is that we might worship and enjoy him forever. Talking about God. Worship God and enjoy him forever. Apart from that, a man has no other purpose. And short of that, a man wanders in a spiritual disorientation taking him further from finding his created purpose. That is a very profound definition, in my opinion, of what the purpose is of a man. That we are to worship God and enjoy him forever. Apart from that, there's no other purpose. And if short of that, you're wandering around in spiritual disorientation, only getting yourself further away from who God has created you to be. And not to pick on Moses here, but I feel like this passage gives us a glimpse of this very definition. And for many of us, we are all like Moses in this regard. You gotta remember for Moses, life wasn't easy right off the bat, right? When he was first born, he was given up, right? His mother had to give him up because in that, in that season of life, they were executing young baby boys. And so the mother had to give him up. So he uh, was given up. And then for 40, or then he was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, and then for forty years he grew up in Moses, or Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh, right? So life did not start off like he, like many of us did for him. And then after forty years, he then got himself in trouble by murdering an Egyptian soldier after he saw him beating up a Hebrew slave, which only got him exiled. For another 40 years, he was exiled. He, got, he left Egypt, went out into the wilderness, into Midian, and then there became a shepherd in the land for 40 more years under his father-in-law, Jethro. And it wasn't until God came to Moses in this passage, in Exodus chapter 3, that he began to see his purpose in his story. Put yourself in Moses' shoes for a minute. If y'all were spent 40 years after having to be given up by your mother in a a foreign house, and then 40 years in the wilderness, not knowing what to expect, that's that's 80 years of not knowing. It's a long 80 years, right? But God was not surprised by this wandering of Moses. But rather, God had a purpose behind what Moses had experienced and it, because it was preparing him for what God had in store for him in this moment, in this next chapter of his life. And that purpose is this, is that he was going to be the vessel by which God would deliver his people out of Egypt into the promised land flowing with milk and honey exactly what we see here in this passage is that moses was minding his own business he was just out with tending the flock and and as he was going by mount mount uh, horeb then he noticed that there was this flaming bush god again moses is out minding his own business he was not seeking god he was not trying to find god but rather god found him why because he had a purpose for moses He had a purpose for him and he called out to him when, I mean, just read this verse back in verse four says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside talking about Moses because Moses acknowledged the bush. He was like, oh, maybe I should go look at what this site is, right? And God says, Moses, Moses. Can you imagine how that would make you feel? If I were walking by a bush that was burning and it said, Josh, I'd be like, see ya, going the other way. But Moses, he went to the bush, right? And many of us today are living lives like Moses did. We tend to convince ourselves that we are not capable of anything more than what is before us today. We're content with living with what is right here versus pressing on and looking ahead to what God has for us in our purpose. We think that we cannot progress any further than where we are, but really it's quite the opposite. Because you see, God doesn't desire the most capable or the most knowledgeable or the most good looking or or most put together person in the room, but rather what God desires is someone who's willing to say, here am I and I will. And you see this all throughout scripture of different men and women in which God called despite their abilities, despite their pastor, despite their fighting God of not wanting to do his, his will. right? And I mean, you see it from anywhere from Noah to Abraham, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses, to Rahab, to Ruth, to David. I feel like I'm rapping for you guys. Uh, and then like even in the New Testament, we see like Peter and Andrew, James and John, these ordinary fishermen. No theological background training, no special, I mean, sure, they may have gone to Hebrew school, but there's nothing, uh, there's nothing significant about these men. Or how about Matthew, the tax collector? Or how about Mary, who was once possessed by a demon? Or Paul or Timothy or Stephen, the guys, the list can literally go on and on and on of men and women in scripture that God used despite their past or despite their their lack of ability or whatever the case may be because God, when he created them, he had a story for them that had purpose in it. It had purpose in it. Just like every single one of us, our stories have purpose in them. We are as... Uh, and, and our heart position needs to be like that of David, and what we see here in the Psalm, or what, what we see in Psalm eight, where he says, "What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him?" Or how about in Psalm one thirty nine, picking up verse thirteen, it says this: "For for you formed my inward parts; you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works; my soul knows it well." Guys, this needs to be our heart condition towards what God has created us for. Rather than second guessing what our purpose is, we need to be following after the Lord, just humbling ourselves and submitting ourselves to that purpose and allowing him to reveal it to us. And that is God not only has a purpose in our story, but God also has a plan for our story. There's a difference there. God has purpose in our story for the fact that we are to worship and admire and and praise him all the days of our lives. We are to submit to him. But God is a God of planning. And so he has a plan for our story. So what is a plan, though? It's a detailed proposal for doing or achieving something, right? Or it's a method for achieving an end, So in other words, it's a method by which one can and will or will achieve a desired goal. And for God, he has a plan for all of us with our stories. And we see this once again in the life of Moses and this interaction with him. See, Moses had no idea what God had planned for him. Like I said, he was out minding his own business out in in the wilderness and tending to the flock. But when God called out to him, he not only called out to him in purpose, but he also had a plan. And we see that in verse 10. He says, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. He had a plan for Moses. And he has a plan for all of us just like this. If we would just stop and we would recognize who God is and we would acknowledge that he's calling out to us and, and, and recognize that he has purpose in us, he will reveal his plan to you. Let me tell you something. When I was in high school, I did not think that I'd be standing behind a pulpit preaching to people. And if you knew me in high school, you would say the same thing. But God had a plan. And it's not because I'm special or like Moses is, or because like Moses is special, but rather it's because we are his chosen people. We are his created people. His creation, we are His man, and we need to worship and praise Him, and we need to be obedient to Him. And He wants to use us uniquely and wonderfully. All of our stories are different. And again, this is something we see all throughout scripture too, like the famous Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 verse, right? It says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. How many of y'all put that down as a senior quote? Be honest. I'm just kidding, it's fine. That's a great verse. But it should be a humbling thing for us so that our God has a plan for us and that we don't have to go through this life trying to figure it out on our own. But rather, we can just humbly go before him and submit ourselves to him. And because he does have a plan for us. After all, this book right here, the Bible, that is God's plan for all of us. We just got to follow it. His desire plan for all of us is to find redemption and salvation in Christ and Christ alone. But for Moses though, God's plan was a little bit more involved in that. And what I mean by that is that when God called Moses for, and to reveal his plan to him, God said to Moses, go, go to Pharaoh and bring God's people out of Egypt in captivity. Again, that's because God is not only just a God of a plan, but rather God is ascending God. Again, if we're just sitting here stagnant, If we're just living each day for the purpose of itself and for our own purpose, guess what? We are not fulfilling God's plan for our life, nor his purpose. But rather, God is ascending God, and that's exactly what we see even in the life of Jesus when he commanded us right before he ascended. He said, go, go to all the nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? He says, go. There's no reason for us to just stay right here, to stay in this season in which we think is comfortable because God says, go. And that's exactly what he told Moses. He said, go to Pharaoh and bring my people out of Egypt. And like I said before, there's no reason for God to choose Moses because he he was just an ordinary man like you and I. And here's the thing. We all respond like Moses. When God calls us to go, what did Moses say? Who am I that I would go to the Pharaoh? Who am I that I would go to this person? Who am I to go to these people? Who am I to go before the elders and say that God has called me to go to Pharaoh to bring his people out? How many of y'all do that? How many of y'all question that? I do it a lot, you kidding me? It's very uncomfortable for me to go up to a random person and tell them about Jesus. But guess what? If it wasn't for somebody doing that to me, I would not be here today. That was all part of God's plan. But what we're seeing here in the life of Moses is something that holds true for all of us today, that God has a plan that is written for all of us. And for many of us, it's already been revealed. For those of us who are in Christ, it's been revealed what our plan is, that is to go to make disciples of all nations. But for some of us in the room, that hasn't been quite been revealed to us yet or to you yet. And God is ready to reveal his plan to you. All you have to do is just humbly submit yourself and acknowledge who God is. Begin that relationship with Jesus today and God will reveal that plan for you. Sure, it may take some time. I mean, after all, it took Moses 80 years. But the reality is, is that when you fall into God's plan, there's no better place to be. Again, Moses is a prime example of this. Now, I just wanna say this to our graduating seniors. Evan, sorry, you're the only one here today. So saying this to you, Evan. You guys are in a pivotal moment in your life right now, moment of transition, and you have one of two options. You can either follow your own path and your own dreams, which the world tells you to do. You can strive to become the best that you can and to achieve all of your own desires that will ultimately fail. Or you can allow the Lord to show you the purpose and the plan that he has for you in this life. This isn't only for you though, this is for all of us. For anyone who's questioning what that may be today, God is ready and he is and he's wanting to reveal his plan and purpose in all of us. We just have to humbly go before him. and We have to choose to follow him. But I know you're probably asking, to, asking yourself, Evan, it's like, okay, well, how do I do this? What does that look like? What does it look like for me to allow the Lord to show his purpose and his plan in my life? I don't know, you're a pretty solid guy. You're probably not asking that question, but how do you allow the Lord to show you his purpose and plan by doing what Moses did? You seek out God and you ask questions. Again, when Moses saw the burning bush, he didn't turn away from it, but rather he knew that something was odd and something was different about it. So he went and sought out what it was. And when God called out to him, it says that he hid his face, but he didn't flee. And then when God told him what he wanted to do, what did Moses say? God, are you sure about this? You know, some of us in this life, we feel like asking questions is a bad thing, but God doesn't view that as a bad thing. If anything, God desires us to come before him with our questions, with our doubts. So that way he can reveal in us what our doubts are, and then he can sharpen it and mold it and make it into something that is now a strength rather than a weakness. God desires us to come before him. And just as God was waiting for Moses there in the bush, like I said, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out to him. So God not only is waiting, not only is he only waiting there for Moses, but he was also, he's also waiting for us today. He's waiting for us to come to him with our, with our questions, with our desires, knowing and seeking what, is, what it is that God has planned for us. And even Jesus taught us this when he was walking on the earth. Every time you see Jesus after he did a miracle, after he taught, what did he do? He went away and he prayed to the Father. He sought out wisdom and truth. He sought, he went and lifted all of his, his burdens, all of his requests to the Lord. Y'all remember in the garden of Gethsemane? Lord, if it is your will, please take this cup from me. Right? If Jesus did it, why can't we? Don't be afraid to go before the Lord with your questions, trying to figure out what your plan is, or what his plan is for you. You can't be afraid of that. But the last thing I want us to see this morning is that not only does God have purpose in our story, or does he have a plan for our story, but this is the most powerful thing. It's that God's power is what writes our story. Those first two points don't mean anything unless you have God with you. It is God's power that writes our story. And again, Moses' whole story here and his whole testimony is is a testimony to this truth. Again, when you think back from his birth to him being brought into Pharaoh's household by by Pharaoh's daughter and being taken care of by his own birth mother, how crazy is that? When he got brought into Pharaoh's household, she went out and found a Hebrew servant that was ultimately his birth mother to take care of him. And only, not only that, but then to be raised through the house of Pharaoh and to be educated by the Egyptians and then ultimately to be spared in the desert after fleeing Egypt and to becoming a shepherd. God's power is written all throughout Moses' story and only continued after that when he called her from the burning bush. As many of us know, Moses went on to do many incredible things after this for the Lord, right? He would then, he would obey the Lord. He would go to Pharaoh and he would call out against Pharaoh saying, let my people go. And when Pharaoh refused, he brought about the 10 plagues. When I say he, God did. Moses didn't do it on his own. Not only did he bring about the 10 plagues, but then after rescuing the people out of Egypt, he went and then parted the Red Sea. And after the Red Sea, he went out to the wilderness to provide a manna and water. And then he brought forth water out of a rock, even though he did it in a way he shouldn't have. But God's power was with him. And without God's power, Moses it was not capable of doing any of that. Because it's, it's God's power that writes our story. And that's exactly what we see here in verses 11 and 12, right? Well, I mean, let's just reread that. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve on this mountain. And guess what? When Moses went and rescued those people, guess where he brought them? And guess where he served and worshiped the Lord? At this mountain, Mount Horeb. He rescued his people and went back to that mountain as a testimony to the Lord of his power, and of his plan, of his purpose, for which he had for Moses and for his people. In this moment, God is putting his power on display for Moses. He's reassuring him that the work that is about to be done has nothing to do with him, but everything to do with God. The success of delivering the Israelites out of Egypt has nothing to do with his own abilities, but rather has everything to do with the divine power of God. And the same holds true for us today. The moment we finally recognize that our success in this life has nothing to do with our own abilities and everything to do with God's power is the moment that we will truly begin living out God's purpose and his plan for our lives. Has nothing to do with us and everything to do with him. So if anybody is in this room and you feel like you have truly achieved something on your own, I hate to be the one to break it to you, you haven't. It. it. is a gift from God. And the moment you reckon, the sooner you recognize that, the better. Because just like every other, uh, you see it all throughout history. Anybody who thinks they've achieved it on their own, ultimately, what happens? They fall. What's the old phrase? Pride cometh before the fall. That's right. But God doesn't stop there in verse 12 with Moses and displaying his power. He would go on to continue to display his power and his authority to Moses throughout the remainder of the chapter three and then going into chapter four. So if you've not read these verses, please go back and read them. Don't stop here this morning at verse 12, but rather read the entire account of what God did with Moses so that way you can truly be humbled as Moses did. As I said, We all just have to learn to listen and obey. We must say, here am I, and I will. Until we do those two things, we're just going to live a stagnant life. And you're going to be living like Moses did for 80 years, wandering around. Again, let's go back to that definition. As you guys see me scrolling all the way back up to what A.W. Tozer said. The biblically defined purpose is that we might worship God and enjoy him forever. Apart from that, man has no other purpose. And short of that, man is in a spiritual disorientation, taking him further from finding his created purpose. I'm not oblivious to the fact that there's people in this room today who have no idea what their purpose is in life. Some of you guys in this room may be at the lowest of lows. I have no idea. But I'm not but the reality is, is that we all have hardship and suffering in our life. And until we learn to surrender that and to give it to the Lord, that's where we'll be. But I also want to encourage anybody who is going through this season that it has purpose behind it. God doesn't allow you to experience suffering just because he's a vengeful God up in heaven. God allows us to experience suffering or trial or pain or sorrow or death, whatever the case may be, because the purpose of it brings us closer and closer to him. And it ultimately reveals his plan to us in this life. The things that you experience Will ultimately have an effect on those whom you encounter it's called her testimony how you guys choose to live this life and interact with those around you has everything to do with the fact that god has purpose in you and god has a plan for you and that it is his power that redeems you and saves you and allows you to have the effect to uh, um, have a positive influence on those around you